welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Sam Sawyer. Sam, thank you so much for being with us. For sure. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, Marsh, tell our listeners who you are and where you're from. Yeah. My name's Sam Sawyer. I live in Austin, Texas now. Grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and then started my real estate career in Dallas. Spent some time in California, and then now I'm back in Austin. So, have been, you know, in a few different markets, but always in residential real estate, and then worked for a company called Zero Down in San Francisco for a couple years. It was like a fintech mortgage type company, and then started a new cloud-based brokerage August 2020 here in Austin. So, got it. Awesome, and. I heard that you got into the real estate industry when you were 19. So what was your your reason for that? What was your first exposure with real estate and kind of what attracted you to it? Yeah, that's actually a pretty funny story. I I went to school at SMU in Dallas for college and played lacrosse there. And one summer I stayed to do summer school. And I don't I still to this day don't know why, but I got my real estate license. And then that next semester kind of started helping friends and people on the lacrosse team find apartments to rent around campus. And then from there, graduated in 2009. So, you know, at the depths of the uh, financial crisis, couldn't really find another job. Real estate was going pretty well and started working at Sotheby's franchise in Dallas and then got into sales and stayed there for five years. And then started my own brokerage firm and then sold that to Compass. And it all started one summer when I was really bored. And yeah, people ask me that all the time. I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. And I think someone mentioned that, you know, getting your real estate license wasn't too hard and you could get it if you were 18. And I just signed up at Champion School of Real Estate in Dallas. And (laughs) I've had my license now for 16 years. I'm 35. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's yeah, no, all I've ever known. That's awesome. Yeah, so I heard the same thing, and I started taking the classes at eighteen. Yeah. Didn't take the test, and uh, I ended up going into sales in a different capacity. And then ten years later, I, I finally got it at like twenty eight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was something I was exposed to early, and totally totally get that. You know, I was like inches away from having yeah. a similar story, getting it at like 18 or 19. I know. I tell people that now I'm like, if, if you're in college and you're bored, get your real estate license. Cause you'll accidentally have a huge base of clients when people are ready to buy houses, even though it doesn't seem like it. So right. Yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. So now today you mentioned a couple of, of, things throughout your journey, like fintech, and then, you know, you, you sold the brokerage to Compass, and then now you've moved back to Texas, and but you're in Austin now, and you you started your own cloud-based brokerage. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I spent 
first four or five years after SMU at Briggs Freeman, Sotheby's in Dallas, and then left there with two other Sotheby's agents and launched a company called The Collective that was a commission split kind of high-end luxury firm in Dallas that we built up to like 20 or so agents. And then that was in 2018 when Compass was buying companies all over the United States. Um, So they acquired our firm. We were their first agents in Texas. And then we helped them launch Dallas um, in Fort Worth. I stayed there for like a year and a half. And then through a friend, got introduced to um, the guys that had previously started Zenefits, a payroll company in San Francisco. And we're starting this new fintech kind of new age rent to own mortgage type company. And they convinced me to move to the West Coast. We were in Y Combinator in 2019. And hmm. then I stayed there. I was the kind of the head of the operate the real estate operation side. And everyone else was kind of had a tech background. But I stayed there yeah, until like June of 2020. While I was there, kind of had this idea for a new age kind of cloud-based subscription fee model, but still like high service brokerage firm. You know, there's always been low fee, low service firms, and then there's been high fee, seemingly high service firms (laughs) that, you know, take a lot of the agent's commission split. So I'm like, there's got to be a way to apply kind of like an enterprise software business model to the real estate brokerage space. So in August, or I moved back to Austin that summer, then launched this company August 2020. And the whole idea is that there's no commission splits. Um, it's not a flat fee brokerage or we're not trying to like get involved in that side of things. It's really just kind of powering up the agent's is you know low cost as possible but we still provide like full service support we provide a lot of tools we're not building our tools from scratch we're not trying to act like compass where we're going to you know try to say we're going to reinvent the wheel on the tech side but really just focusing on really good service low cost and then making partnerships with cool software companies and other types of companies that help our agents out and we're in Texas and Louisiana now. And as of today, we have like 422 agents or something. So it's growing yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. What's it called? Uh, the name of the company is Pinnacle Realty Advisors. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's interesting. And I, for me, there's, there's an elephant in the room because I'm an EXP agent. For so sure. the question is, why not just join EXP? Why go through the trouble of starting a new cloud-based brokerage when no, EXP was already ramping ex- exceptionally at that no, time, 2020? I, I I love yeah. I mean, I think EXP's model kind of paved the way for cloud-based firms, but I still think like as the industry evolves, the flat fee model, just the flat fee on the transaction side or, you know, the subscription-based models will you know, become, you know, like there'll be companies that are as big as EXP that have these business models just because it's not something that's happening today, but I think as like fees get compressed in the industry, the commission split becomes harder for the agent to swallow. Even if, you know, like EXP has the caps and things like that, but Mm -hmm. 
I think it becomes an issue, you know, as fees get compressed in the industry and that side of things starts to change. But I also believe it's a huge industry and that, you know, there can be multiple firms that are kind of leading the way towards this new age. So I think EXP will keep growing and getting tons of market share. But I think firms like, you know, Keller Williams and Remax and Coldwell Banker and a lot of the ones that have been around since like the 70s will start losing a lot of agents to companies like ours or Fathom, you know, or EXP or companies that kind of have a lighter fee business model, but still provide a lot of service and support and things like that. So that's kind of, you know, I think we're on the same page there since you're at EXP. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's definitely moving in the right direction towards how the market is already trending. And I do believe in the team model within the brokerage, not necessarily the brokerage model where once you become a successful agent, now the next step, you graduate into being a broker. No, (laughs) exactly. It's it's like, why why can't you just have a team underneath you and have the support of a cloud brokerage with the contracts, the software, the E&O, like all the, all the things that the broker would take on. And you could still be this high-performing rep and then team leader in right. the real estate industry, right? You don't have yeah, to then go get a broker's license and go do all these things and have more liability now and have desk fees. And right, exactly. I, I just, it just makes sense. Yeah. We actually have also like in, you know, the retail brand pinnacle, where agents join under that, just like EXP. And then we've actually recently launched this kind of like white label product that's similar to side out of San Francisco, where if you are an agent, you know, that's like a high performing agent or someone that wants total control over their branding and signs and all those things. We have this white label product we offer where, you know, with whatever, like in Texas, you can set these up where, it would look like it's Sam Sawyer Real Estate or whatever the name of your company is. But behind the scenes, like we're powering up, you know, the team, it's on our license. Um, right. But to the consumer, it looks like it's your own company. So I, yeah. I agree. I think, I think that's where the industry is going. The, the agent is the reason why people work with them. Like people don't even, you know, I don't think they choose the agent based on what firm you're with. Never. You They're like, oh, wait, you're not with Keller Williams? Well, nah, I'm not going to do business with you. You're yeah, not with so Sotheby's? Funny. Right. I mean, I remember when, when, when I left Sotheby's, we were so nervous that that was such a thing because, you know, that's beaten to your head like, oh, Sotheby's. And the we're brand. starting this company and we're like, are we going to, you know, lose listings? And I'll never forget emailing all my clients and like getting emails back from like very close friends. Like, oh, congrats. Like, I didn't even know what firm you were with anyways. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's good to know. And we see each other, you know, multiple times a week. So, uh, you know, right. that's what, that's what kind of made me realize they work with you because, you know, they like you and they, you know, you provide a good experience, not because you're at some big brand. Uh, exactly. And that statement is to build value in the agent's relationship with their client, not to devalue the brand of these mega brokerages because those mega brokerages with global brands do bring inbound leads sure. for sure. That they, and they have this global network and there are benefits, right? Not so sure. I just wanted to say that disclaimer, but the fear that, oh my gosh, I can't leave because my business will fall apart. Everyone cares about Sotheby's more than me or this more than me. It's like, no, you serving that client 
saving the money on a buy, making the most money possible on the sell, like helping them transition smoothly, taking their late night call, all that stuff is what matters. No, I agree. And like the big, I'm not like a, and I think there's different brokerages that are great for different people. I think some of the, you know, some of the bigger companies have great training programs. You know, there's, there's things that are, every brokerage has different things that I think attract different kinds of agents, but you know, 20 years ago before like Zillow and all these things, I think being at a, being at a big firm made a difference because you knew Mm. all the listings and, you know, there's reasons why people wanted to be at big firms, but now I think agents are more like consultants and not necessarily like property finders as you know, they were maybe a decade ago. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's less about the brand and more about what the brand provides and the agent kind of builds their own brand, but yep. No, I agree. So what is the single most important action you take on a daily basis that attributes most to your success? You've had a, a lot of different areas that you've gone into, fintech and real estate in different capacities, having brokerages, building a brokerage. Yeah. You know. So, so I'm really curious about the success habits that have kind of carried you through your, your life and that question like the single most important action you take every day uh, what, would, what would that be for you just in general like i think it's super important to like have some like quiet time or like free time like no matter what job i've ever had or being like i, I don't sell uh properties anymore i'm just running our company now but even when i was an agent or when even when i was at you know the company in san francisco or our company now like i always find like an hour a day just to like read and think and not be bothered by my phone um usually mm-hmm. in the morning from like 7 to 8 30 or something but i personally now with our company don't really schedule anything before like 10 a.m and it's not because i sleep in <laughs> i get up early but i like to have a few hours just to think and organize my mind because after after 10 a.m i'm like i don't know where the day goes a million things happen so i can right. protect some time but even even when I was like 22 years old or right out of school I always find an hour to exercise or just do something where you're not engaged with your phone and you know like working I guess um so I, I think that's super important I think some people just get caught up in like feeling that they have to do something all the time and then they never really have time to think about higher level stuff or when I was an agent I would you know spend like an hour like writing thank you notes or calling people or, you know, that, that hour has changed over the last decade, but I always try to find some time just to like think about things that may, maybe not even real estate related, or I read a lot um, or listen to audiobooks. books, so just stuff outside of work. I think is super important. Yes. No, I, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with the quiet time, the time away from the phone and just being able to center yourself before the day begins and you know all the scheduled items happen unscheduled items happen and you know if i find that when i make an exception on that rule i have a podcast guest that's in dubai for one example and he wanted to meet at the only time that would work was like 8 p.m for him 8 a.m for me and i'm up way before that but it's like just having an 8 a.m meeting that you have to be on for right you the rest of the day you, you just don't feel as centered and like you right. are taking the action that is getting you closer to your goal you feel like you're reacting and sure. and i've done a lot of personal development 
to not react to my day, to really conquer the day and plan it out. And so I agree with you 100% there. Just, yeah. I, I like that 10 a.m. too, because I cut it off at nine, but like yeah. nothing before nine as far as those kinds of stuff. But yeah, like it's like pushing it to 10. Like calls, or, or I mean, obviously that doesn't work all the time, but. Sure. Yeah, like today, like today, I met someone at ten. Uh, but yeah, that's really just something I started when I started this company, and it's made my life way better. With running a company is a lot different than being an agent, but it's similar. You know, your days get away from you. So absolutely, no, one hundred percent. So with your cloud brokerage, are you? Providing any type of lead generation for the agent? Are you empowering them to, to generate leads? You know, you mentioned you're not really doing fee splits. So, I, I'd, and you said you're partnering with cool softwares, but then that kind of leaves the question of like, the, the big attraction for a lot of agents is, are you going to give me leads? Like, I'll give yeah. you a 50-50 if you give me leads, right? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so, where does we, that fit in? Uh, yeah, obviously, we've figured out a lot of solutions on the lead side. So, agents that are interested in leads we have uh you know we, we have a lot of leads that come through our website we have agents that if they want to sign up you know for the lead program we basically just distribute them out you know if they different zip codes and things like that through slack we all the agents are on slack so we kind of operate the whole company on slack and have different chat rooms and things for every city we're in so all over texas and louisiana and then if a lead comes into the website, agents that are in the lead program know that they just owe a referral fee back to the brokerage. So if they take one of the leads on that, we would take like a 20 or 25% just referral fee, but they would still just pay their normal fee. And then we work with like OpCity. We, we have like a lot of the big like nationwide lead gen type programs. And then if our agents want to opt into it, they just pay. We don't mark up the split or anything, just whatever, like op city, I think takes 25 or 30%. Um, mm -hmm. So if they want to, yeah, I, th I think it's 30 or 35 actually. But yeah. yeah. So if they want to sign up for one of those programs, we'll just enroll them because we're registered at the brokerage level. And then they just continue to pay their normal, you know, transaction. If they're on the transaction fee plan, they just owe whatever they owe. If it's something closes and then mm -hmm. the agents that are on our monthly fee, they don't pay anything except the monthly fee. So when there's a closing with a lead, if there's a referral fee due, it just gets paid out at closing. Okay. But, Got yeah. it. Got yeah. it. So that's when those types of uh, fee splits kick in is when you generate the lead. But then if you're introducing them to a lead gen partner company, then you don't mark it up and they just yeah. pay that. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah, but you make it easy for them, right? You're already yeah, set up. We just, yeah, we have it set up if they want to opt in. Like that's something when they're onboarding, it's like, are you interested in leads? Uh, yes or no. You know, some agents, you know, produce all their own business through their networks or whatnot. And they don't want to be bothered with it. So if people want those things, we provide them. And if they don't, then they'll never know. <laughs> and then like being completely cloud-based, you know, we obviously have, I mean, our, all of our employees are cloud-based also, but we do have like office lines. So if people call in off a sign, if it's a agents sign we'll just route that person the listing agent we don't try to farm out those kind of leads you know just to like a pool if it's a random call then you know we will throw it in kind of the lead slack channel and whatnot and just whoever wants it can take it so just kind of depends where they come from but right right yeah no that makes sense that makes sense so when you're looking at your trajectory in business i mean it seems like 
you know, you, uh, you were in college, you got your real estate license. And then even though think the world was falling apart in 2009, you seemed to find some success through real estate over the next couple of years. You successfully exited a compass, which is super rare to successfully exit a brokerage at all, but let alone right. to one of the big ones nationwide. And then, you know, FinTech in San Francisco, there's just like this trail and trajectory of success. So it's easy, I think, to be a little bit jaded by that looking from the outside in. So I'm curious how a failure or an apparent failure has set you up for later success. You know, do you have like a favorite failure of yours? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know what it is, but I've always enjoyed starting businesses ever since I was like in second grade, my friend Randall and I had a paper football business that we got in a lot of trouble for. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I've had, I've always enjoyed businesses. I'm very comfortable, like taking risk. Um, I've played sports my whole life, so I've always been really competitive, but there hasn't been some like huge failure in a sense. I think it's almost like I'm motivated by trying to solve problems. It's not a, it's not like a financial thing to me. I don't like to, I'm not like money hungry or something like, oh, I want to start all these businesses because I want to be a billionaire or something. Like I actually don't even really care about that side. I really like in the real estate industry, I, even going back to when I started, I think it's a very efficient industry, but there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. And I've always just felt like there's ways to make it better. And so, I mean, when I left Compass to go to San Francisco, everyone thought I was crazy because at the time, I was like one of the top producing agents in Dallas and, you know, was selling 50 million plus a year in sales and, you know, seemingly had a great, it, it was a great, um, you know, career. I just always wanted to start other companies and move on. And, you know, I wasn't married or tied down or anything at the time. So I just kind of like have a higher level vision and want to keep starting companies. So it's not really like a failure. It's more like I'm always just wanting to evolve with the industry and kind of keep moving. And, you know, after Pinnacle, I don't, I think I'd like to start another company in the industry, even if this gets really big. So I like the, the startup to, you know, make it something stage. And then once things get really big, I probably like go back to the startup stage. Um, yeah, that that's interesting. And a while back, I heard a podcast from Reed Hoffman, his scaling up. Uh, oh, yeah, or, was it? No, Masters of Scale. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this particular episode talked about that exact thing, how it, it was some startup founder and she said, yeah, I once I get it to the point where, you know, there's no fires burning yeah. at every second and, you know, it's kind of up into orbit. Now you need an ops person to come in and take it to the next level. That's yeah. when I get bored and I start creating chaos and fires because I want to like solve problems and be hands on. And, and so she said, I found that I'm actually built for startup mode. And so that resonated with me because I was like, Oh, interesting. You know, I'm, I'm kind of similar in the same way. Like I, yeah. I like starting things from scratch. I love the strategy phase. I I'm very big on branding and I, I love messaging, storytelling, like bringing something to market you know, making sure that it's, it's, has a good product market fit, responding to client feedback. And like that phase, I love the innovation phase. For I'm sure. an innovator. Yeah. And, and then no, once it's I like agree. figured out, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of bored yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. I don't know. It's a problem. Cause it's like, you know, <laughs> I could easily have been selling houses in Dallas the last few years and probably would have been some of the best years ever, but I don't, I don't miss that. 
I don't know. Like I, the, the, when I left Dallas for San Francisco, people that are, will listen to this are like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember thinking Sam was crazy. And then now they're like, oh, well, it looks like it worked out. And I'm like, I, I just always feel like I'll figure, figure it out. Right. And I don't, I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding that because it seems crazy at the time. But, you know, I think if you are willing to figure it out and know that it'll be kind of turbulent for a while, then you'll eventually figure it out. You know, if you have that kind of personality. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? Sometimes I go on podcasts and there's a really embarrassing story about me selling Beanie Babies back in seventh and eighth grade that was in uh, the National Association of Realtors magazine in like 2017. So some people ask me about that, but I guess I'm glad you didn't see that yet. Nope. <laughs> I had a Beanie Baby business where I would buy and sell Beanie Babies on eBay from like uh, sixth to eighth grade. And I was on the 30 under 30 national association of realtors list in like 2016 or 2017 and they interview you you know once they select you to the list and i told this journalist this story and the the whole article was about me buying and selling beanie babies that led to my real estate career so everyone likes to make fun of me over that it will never escape me because it's on a bunch of websites now but um i remember beanie babies and uh, yeah and uh that's so funny that that was i mean that's pretty ingenuitive to do it on ebay because my yeah. first business that i took on myself i was i was probably four, 15 no i, I must have been 16 because i did have a car right but i was dry i was driving myself to school and there was a donut shop on the way i noticed i could get a baker's dozen for seven dollars right so 13 donuts and if I sold them each for a dollar, which was no problem at high school, I would make net margin of six dollars. Yeah. And that was that was like five days a week, thirty bucks a week, just you know, simple business, yeah. right? And then people started saying, "Hey, will you get me chocolate milk?" Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll get you whatever you need. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I was I've always been really into computers and like tech stuff since like second grade, and. We had a computer and I just figured out eBay early on, but I couldn't drive. So I would literally bike around the neighborhood and like buy Beanie Babies off my friend's mom's. And yeah, then my dad, I called him the COO because he had to drive them to the UPS store to ship them because I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> buy them. But he would also pay the shipping charges. So I would get a little margin benefit because I would charge the people shipping and then it would go into my PayPal account. My dad wasn't really, you know, back charging me for his expenses because I think he thought it was hilarious of what was going on with our Beanie Baby operation in the playroom. Uh, he, he was probably so proud. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that that's just a funny story. But no, real estate wise, I, I mean, I think we're we're planning on launching a few more states with Pinnacle this year. And then I really, you know, I think it's the kind of thing if we keep executing, it can grow into, you know, a company like EXP or I think there's a lot of tailwinds in the industry that we are lucky to have started when we did, even though it seemed crazy. And, you know, like EXP the other day reported like their highest agent growth year ever. You know, and I think a lot of that is during the pandemic, agents realize that they don't really need offices and they Mm -hmm. can do their work remotely and why are they paying all these fees and they don't need a printer. And so I think cloud-based brokerages the next five years will take the majority of market share from kind of some of the older school firms. But 
that's what we're betting on. So I couldn't agree more. Adapt or die. So yeah, yeah, that's it's an interesting uh, call to action for the the old school firms that are sticking to their ways. What if they had sure. a a lesser fee if you didn't come into the office? You know, just like know. just like banks have different types of accounts where if you don't do a lot of in branch services, you pay less fees. Hundred uh, percent. Same concepts, right? So th- there you go to the uh, the twentieth century real estate businesses out there. I just no, I know. It's hot. Yeah, I don't know. I could talk about that for hours, but <laughs> their whole the whole cost structure, you know, is set up in a different way. So it's hard to just pivot for them because they yeah have so many fixed costs and their overhead is way different than ours or EXP or something like that. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So hey, I appreciate having you on. Uh, how can listeners contact you and learn more about Pinnacle? Yeah, our website is just pinnaclera.com. And then my email is sam at pinnaclera.com. And then I am active on Twitter if anyone's on Twitter, but it's just at Sam H. Sawyer is my handle. But yeah, those are the best ways for sure. Awesome. Sam Sawyer, everyone. I really appreciate having you on. It was interesting to talk about how you had your your journey of getting into real estate and then moving to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley and doing FinTech and then coming back and the whole exit with Compass. I mean, very interesting conversation and I appreciate having you on. No, thanks a lot. This was great. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.